positive feedback loop. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Positive Feedback Loop podcast. This is a podcast where we talk about lots of interesting things that we, uh, you know, often disagree about things involving culture, business, technology. Uh, and joining me are my co-hosts, Stephanie and Luis. Hi, everyone. It's great to be here. Hello, friends. Today's topic we decided was to go back into our MBA times and think about how and what we did to make the most out of our MBA uh, degree and experience. And, um, you know, as if you don't know this already, we started our podcast during our MBA program. It was at Boston University, and we just started getting into these wild conversations about how the future might unfold and what kind of business opportunities there existed that people aren't working on right now. So, Lots of idea generating. So we decided every time we had these conversations, they weren't really going anywhere. They were only, you know, in that conversation. We don't, we don't want to lose them. So we thought, why don't we make a podcast? With our will and uh, dedication, especially uh, Stephanie's awesome editing skills, uh, we were able to, you know, have what we have over 35 episodes and they keep coming every week. So um, we wanted to kind of talk about what we think of the MBA program in our eyes and our experience. And as you'll see, you know, there's different varieties of people coming into the program. For example, Stephanie, what were you doing before the MBA? Before the MBA, I was working at MIT, guiding their social media strategy, digital strategy, web, uh, email marketing. And it was really interesting because I was able to work under the president's office and therefore help all these different departments around the university. And at one point I realized that I really wanted a greater breadth of understanding about how an entire corporation works, how business, how market, digital marketing fits into the entirety of the business paradigm. And so I started the MBA. So I come from a dig digital marketing background. And Luis, tell me about your background a little bit before the MBA. Well, after graduating successfully from undergrad, I had a short, illustrious career working with older adults in the Bronx in New York City, where I decided, you know what, I could do a lot more good for a lot more people by entering the private sector. And so I decided to apply for my MBA. Yeah, that's interesting you say that specifically. I also had the, a similar feeling. I felt like I would be able to help more people have more of an impact if I went into some sort of business uh, program. Uh, what I was doing before, I was uh, managing a lab, so we were doing research particularly on uh, aging and, and cancer and mutations and diets, a whole variety of things that affect mechanisms in the metabolism. And... I thought, okay, this is great. We're, we're discovering certain like pathways uh, and genetic expression explanations for for physiological uh, what we see in the in the lab. And what I realized is this is great, but it's not going to impact as many people as fast as I would like it to. So my mentality was always trying to find the business opportunity amongst things. How do you get it to the people? Kind of thing. What's the practical use? How do we translate this into applications that people can use and benefit from that was my mentality going to my mba and i realized that's that's kind of accurate and what we 
try to do with an MBA. I think that's the whole purpose of going to business school is making connections and being able to understand um, how to implement certain kind of businesses and operations and make things work, right? Use innovative ideas to build a company around it, to build an organization, uh, influence people, be able to convince people to invest in your ideas. That's what one of the things I saw coming out of my MBA that I really enjoyed. So, Ray, what would you say with your background would be your advice for MBA students now, especially going into the health sector, for example? Well, you know what? To be honest, like I think that yeah, I'm, I just graduated recently, so I can't say for certain what I would recommend to be successful. I think, you know, I, I'm actually going to start working at a company called American Well, and they do telehealth and telemedicine uh, applications and services for the entire country. Uh, and that's just my perspective. There are so many that that's what that is actually what's interesting about the MBA. You have people coming from all different types of backgrounds that want to do different types of things. You have people that are interested in social companies, uh, people that are interested in you know energy, medicine, a whole slew of different things. What do you guys think about that diversity? That's really what like attracted me to the program. For me, I actually chose the school I did for the MBA because it had a higher percentage of international students. And it was really important to me because I have been around a, a diversity in many different ways, um, in ethnicity and religious diversity and gender diversity. And something I have been seeking is also this international diversity that people who have experiences with completely different political structures, cultures, geographies have a lot to share. And I wanted that experience. And so, you know, the school that, that we all share as an alma mater is, is good for that. It's very diverse. Yeah, actually, now you mentioned that even though diversity was not a selling point to me. I mean, it wasn't like a thing I thought about when I was picking a school. It's definitely a bonus. I know that for one, I've always gone to relatively diverse schools. I have gone to an international high school and being an immigrant myself, I've never been shy about being around people who are not from my background, mostly because I haven't really had a chance to have that many people who are my background around, at least since coming to the US. But yeah, you're right. That does bring on a lot to an educational setting because you get to hear a lot of different opinions and a lot of different ways that people conduct business across the world. Another thing about the MBA program, and at least what I've seen from other business schools as well, that you know have this full-time kind of program where all the students are immersed in this interactive networking kind of environment, and there's always social events. So drinking with these people you know, isn't like drinking with your hometown friends, maybe. These people are coming from different countries. Some have been learning uh, English recently. Uh, but they are really good at what they do in their countries. And, and they want to come and experience the culture in America. And it allows everyone else to also do that. Obviously, you get to know people very well at the bars. So two years of interacting with these people really gets to the you know bottom of their personalities. It's really enjoyable to see the differences and compare each other. And have like really, you know, heart to heart conversations, I would say, with people that are coming from completely different backgrounds and ideologies as you. 
what else can you think about that really made your experience to the NBA? Why why did you do it? Was it worth it? Was it really worth it? I, I if I'm gonna jump in here a little bit, I would say that the NBA, or really probably most grad school, is as worth it as you want it to be. Um, my thing for this was I took it easy the first semester just to make sure that I wasn't biting off more than I could chew. And once I knew kind of a good handle on how much I could do at a time, I got myself extremely busy. I'm not normally one of those people that takes on way more than they can chew, but I did it on purpose this time because it's the time to fail, right? If the worst thing that can happen when you're in an educational format is things don't go that great and no one's hurt, which is when it makes the most sense to try the most things, you know, forming a podcast, working part-time on the side, doing a bunch of projects, competitions, doing all the things, going out with friends, still meeting people, doing exciting things, and still focusing on school. I mean, don't, you know, throw all your grades out. Not that it matters as much, but it still does. So when you say you did all these different projects and got involved with many different things, did you, how did you select those things? Was it pretty much yes to everything or was there some sort of filter that you have in place? Was Did you make it, uh, you know, did you have some ratio between academic and social? Did that change? Oh, no, it's just what I thought it would be, would be fun. I mean, learning things can be fun. I just, it depends on what it is. If it was a topic that I thought I would get excited about, why not, right? I, I'd find competitions that seemed interesting. Sometimes it would be a friend would come and ask me if I wanted to join them for a competition, and then I'd do that, even for, if it wasn't necessarily something I'd be super excited about normally. But sure. you know what? Because I'm doing it with friends, it'll be more fun all the, all the same. And I tend to have as much fun as I want to have. So When you say competitions, what, some people in the audience might not really – what do you mean? Like You, you mean case competitions, and you yes, want to explain a little bit? How, how uh, is a case competition like process like? Well, case and, competitions, they come in different flavors, but for the most part, they're the – Different teams are presented with a case, um, or in some cases there are stages where you will have different cases or take different takes on a case or a case that will then have a surprise that comes in at the end. Right, and right. you have to like react to things. And right, so, so you and your team are tasked with addressing this case and doing it in a better way and presenting your results and your solution um, to judges. And then eventually the team that has the best solution uh, wins, oftentimes getting a bunch of money. Right, but yeah. And we're incentivized, and also you have this loads of information, gather it, process it, analyze, and create some sort of presentation that can uh, either provide value somehow, right, to the judges. But I think what this comes down to, even when you talk about case competition, is the interaction with people and the teamwork that's involved, because you're put into this pressure situation. It's not like med school. It's not like law school. It's it's similar. There are similarities and there's like um, things that are trade-offs between one another. But uh, the idea of teamwork and connecting with people on a efficiency level, how you communicate the most effectively in order to achieve a result or product or service or whatever you're working on, how do you create that vision and implement goals and tasks and align everybody together? Because when you're managing 100 a thousand people to do like some vision that like only one person barely has in his mind it's kind of difficult to do but this is what's happening right so i think as business students we learn that process and we learn how to optimize those kinds of techniques 
it's incredible to see where we've come. I've seen the way the three of us have developed our ability to team, if you can consider it a verb, <laughs> teaming, uh, working with a team, uh, where we started and how we've evolved so many skills with working with a team. That's probably one of the biggest benefits of doing an MBA program. In a work environment, you usually, in many work environments, have the same team, the same core members. Uh, there may be new people coming and going, but for the most part, you work with the same people. And you might be more isolated or more social depending on what your job is. But in the MBA program, you work with a core team and then it changes in the next course and the next course and the next course. Upwards of 30, 40, and if you get involved yeah. with other things. I mean, the ahead. biggest difference I saw, and I want to know what your opinions are as well, I thought that the biggest differences in the teams tended to be with the introverts and extroverts, that that they had the hardest time or maybe not conflict, but just the hardest time understanding each other and working efficiently because they, they, you could see them thinking so differently about uh, their approaches to projects. I would, I would uh, go on a limb and say in general, kind of echoing what I'd said earlier this is a time where you want to be teaming with people you may not necessarily be super best friends with. It's easy to be on a team with people you already get along with, but it isn't necessarily productive, at least not as productive as being on a team with people who maybe know more about a certain subject or maybe don't, but are willing to learn or have different t skills or knowledge that maybe come in handy, but don't have a personality that you click with necessarily right off the bat. But that's when you learn. I mean, worst case scenario, you get a slightly lower grade. Best case scenario, you learn how to interact with people who, in another situation where there are more high risks, more high stakes, you will still be able to work with them. For example, I and teams tend to be a little extroverted, uh, just a tad, but it is important to learn how to work with people who maybe are a little bit more shy or may not be willing to speak out unless kind of brought into the conversation a little bit more, but without being embarrassed into the brain getting brought into the conversation. So it's, it's about knowing people. You have to get to know people as well outside of just the team. Um, there's a lot that goes into it. And I would say that's probably the best thing to take away from these courses, because at least from the point of view of actual course material, let's be honest, a lot of stuff could be learned on the internet. A lot of the, of the material, you the core material from courses, if you wanted to learn it on your own, you could, but that's not really what you go to an MBA program for. Some of the stuff, yes, absolutely. Professors that are key and that will change your view on things and are absolutely invaluable experiences, they are there. But the vast majority of courses are things that you could probably get on your own. And so focusing on the other things that come along with it, that safety that that safety that allows you to take risks, uh, getting experiences and things that you usually wouldn't try, uh, getting to know people you usually wouldn't try to do those things with, that's really where the value is. And and the free beer and wine, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Don't drink and drive. Uh, no, you're cool. absolutely right. And um, you know, we talked a lot about the whole idea of the people interaction. I kind of wanted also to talk about. What courses made a difference to you or what kind of like, 
you know, academic things actually matter to you in, uh, in your experience? Because there's people, there's schools that specifically focus on finance, for example. Uh, and I think that our school, BU, it's, it's, it's quite broad and it wasn't as focused. There was a lot of entrepreneurship, uh, marketing, I think, had a you know, wide spectrum of people working there. Um, strategy was was really interesting and their technology. So we also all did a, to our listeners, we, we all did a MS MBA. So it was a dual degree program and we focused on information systems with that now called the digital innovation and degree. MSDI now. MSDI. The, the new MSDI. name for yeah. the program digital that's been innovation. changed. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just to clarify, not everyone in the school does the MSB MBA. It's just we were we just happened to be in the subset of people who did. Yeah, we we elected, we applied for that, basically. And speaking of diversity in that program, I realized pretty quickly that I was one of very few women in the program. I don't know if that's uh, just because women in STEM tends to be a smaller group uh, that we always hope will grow, uh, but I just think it's mm-hmm. it's so interesting to see people getting their education because they have a clear vision of who they are and how they w- what they want to do to impact the world. I think that's very inspiring. Well, I don't think not I don't think everybody actually did have a clear vision. I think these paths, you could take these tracks were kind of a way to introduce you to an interest that you might have had. For example, for me, I was I had actually trouble figuring out exactly what I wanted to do or what path I wanted to go along. I did know that I wanted to be somewhere on the healthcare kind of spectrum, uh, either in pharma or some kind of, you know, data analytics company for healthcare or even, you know, operations in some sort of, you know, new kind of clinic that uses innovative, you know, kind of technology in their offices. So, you know, lots of different ideas I had. And I wouldn't have actually been able to test out those ideas if I didn't have this opportunity at the NBA. I was able to like try out different kind of industries or at least study them to a certain degree and get involved with activities that interested me uh, during the process. So that's another thing I would recommend actually for students that are new, that are thinking about going to business school uh, or currently in business school. I would recommend that you think very stretch your imagination a bit and what you want to accomplish during MBA uh, write them down before you actually start or you know right now if you're in it currently and really focus on those goals every day you know set those big goals for example competing against Harvard on a case competition or something and that might be something you want to do or applying to a certain job and you know trying to fight for that exact role you want for an internship what i did that was interesting to me during my mba that uh was kind of not not the standard thing to do is i was interested in getting a conversation about the cannabis industry happening inside of school uh, which you guys are all know i had a panel set up with speakers from the industry uh, it included a lawyer uh, some a ceo from a real estate firm uh and you know a few other people we can get into later if you would like or you can actually watch it it's on youtube uh, it was called beyond stigma and uh steph will put the link 
It's interesting. We talked about how Massachusetts is going to deal with this new law that was passed, uh, the recreational marijuana law. I don't want to get into that now, but the point is I was able to do that because I had a space available, right? There was an auditorium. I had all the resources available to me as a student. I could, you know, talk to the Buzz Lab, for example, who helped to sponsor that. So thank you for the Buzz Lab. Um, so you have these opportunities. And I think that you should really take advantage of them and take those risks, do something that you haven't done before. And, you know, that's the only real way to learn and move forward with your with your career, with your life, really. Uh, and the NBA is just another platform you can use. You know, it's, it's just another way people do it uh, you know for example a phd it's a longer process and you're able to do really really innovative new kinds of science that's the other thing with graduate school they're all important in different ways okay and i think with that we should take a commercial break bartholomew was a well-known scoundrel a man who started out as a grifter and made his first fortune selling invisibility sunscreen door to door he soon lost this money betting on snail races, only to make it back by opening a gourmet French restaurant that specialized in escargot. Unfortunately, success continued to elude him as he incurred fines as his escargot was actually barnacles dipped in large quantities of sauce. Spurned by the culinary world, he retreated across the country where he scammed people into letting him drill for oil on their property under the guise of various community improvement projects. The story of Bartholomew's rise, fall, rise, fall, 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 rise, fall, and fall again is one for the ages. Follow his legacy by earning your BMBA or Bartholomew MBA from Bartholomew's School for Shady Business. Learn how to take advantage of perfectly good relationships and turn them into barely profitable and hardly respectable business positions. Sign up for courses in finance, like very, very short-term loans for beginners, or advanced theater courses like how to play a Nigerian prince who really needs money, and tech courses like Email Scams 101. If you want to be one of the biggest winners in your jail cell, consider Bartholomew's School for Shady Business today. All right, and welcome back, everyone. So we were talking about the MBA, the whole experience, Masters in Business Administration. That's what it stands for. We did it. So during the commercial, we were talking about uh, networking and me and Luis kind of went on about it and we'll start from that point. And I like to actually get to know people. Right. So, that's what I was saying. Like deep conversations with diverse people during the bar. I was saying that yeah. getting these deep thoughts and sharing ideas. But I feel like a lot of people don't have that that idea when they think of networking. It's more like, uh, Hey, here, how, uh, how are you recording? doing? Here's my business card. Oh. So with networking, a lot of people do get it wrong and it, because they usually think it's like handing out business cards and, and schmoozing people and complimenting them. And I don't know what people think networking is, honestly. But networking is more about building relationships with people who are like-minded, who have similar passions, who you, make, you, you, would, you want to make friendships with. It's not fake. Uh, you actually are interested and, in and that person. Yeah, and even then, like, it's about listening. 
You know, a lot of people think they go into this the whole networking thing with the idea that like you have to catch people immediately and give them your business card and give them your elevator pitch and like that's that's all great and all, but at the end of the day, you can't know what's gonna grab someone if you don't know them without listening. And I think one of the things that being in a program like this does is that kind of forces you to try to hone that skill so that you can better find a medium ground so you can better get to know people. And by being exposed to so many people so so often and having this emphasis on making relationships and making teams, you kind of have to be forced into, okay, well, I should probably hear out what they're saying, hear what we have in common. Maybe I can make a relationship off of that. And hey, maybe it'll be fun to actually get to know them instead of just getting a business card and a number in the phone and that I can someday hit up for a favor. Right. And that whole process as well, like uh, meeting people at these events, the whole business card exchange thing. How often do people actually even, you know, look twice at those business cards? It's kind of lost in history. I think what you want to do if you're networking or meeting people is really you know, don't waste time with chit chat. I like to go in maybe like a few, hey, how you doing, where you're from kind of thing, but then really get into why are you here right now? What are you interested in? What what do you think will will change the world? What's what's your what's your process uh, like? Because you, you don't have that much time, um, you know, initially when you're in these like events, um, you know, like a career fair, for example, or some kind of conference. It's different when you're in like a, you know, social surroundings or environment when you're like at a bar later on or something that's it. It's more different. I think there you can, you know, have different stories that you can share as opposed to um, at a career fair because there's different expectations, right? You would say, you know, it's, it's a different kind of. Although I might disagree. I mean, the types of conversations that people remember the most are the, are the same despite the context. And I mean, also, those business cards, if you treat them right, they can be super valuable. I think the most important is not getting your business card in someone's hand, but getting their business card. Because then you can connect with them on LinkedIn or email them and remind them of the time you had. You know, the best thing you can do is send a LinkedIn invitation with a message or an email and say, hey, so-and-so, it was great meeting you at, fill in the function where you met them, and say, it also say in your message, I loved talking with you about X, Y, and Z. And that way you remind them of who you are. It's a substantial message. You show that you were listening, which Luis pointed out is one of the critical elements of networking, and now, mm-hmm. You also have a record of how you met, so you can go back to your LinkedIn history or to your email history, and you don't just have the email of, it was great to meet you, but you have the email where you kind of explain the context to them and to your future self. So that connection, although it's some people see it as contrived, is actually myself just being a very mindful, careful, meticulous person about making sure I remember that person and they remember me, which is actually a very thoughtful way right. to connect with people. It's just using right. technology doesn't have to be a superficial exchange. I totally agree. If you know how to stay connected with those people, it's a pool of resources that you can you know, come across. Like for example, what I do, you're talking about, when I get a business card, I actually write down the date, 
write down one thing that I can remember the person by that kind of triggers all the entire conversation uh, and the, you know where I was when it happened, kind of take some notes on the business card itself. I think that's one of the uses of the business card is that you don't need any battery to use it. You don't have to wait. Um, it's just a pen. You can write down some notes, take it back later, and then organize it in your files. I think it's really, I think it's really something that hasn't been, that's been lost. It's a lost art. I would, I would just like to point out one last thing, and it's when you do meet someone for in one of these functions, or you wanna, you meet someone at a bar or whatever. Send them a thank you let email later. It's it's very easy to do, and it's super important that you do it because mm-hmm. that's how you start a relationship. And it reminds them again who you are, and it's also saying, "Hey, thank you for taking the time to talk to me. Uh, right. I found this conversation interesting. This is who I am again, and now I now you have an avenue to continue getting in touch with them. And also, they know that you're a decent human being, which hey, you know, kind of matters sometimes." Yeah, right. I totally agree. It's not, you know, these people are talking to many in, in a single evening or an hour. And it's like, you know, you have 40 students approach you. The ones that stand out are the ones that have emailed you later on. Otherwise, it's hard to remember. You know, it's not their job to remember all those students. Networking, anyway, relates to engagement in class in the MBA program the people who were the most engaged with the professor and with each other using all the skills that you would have in networking and using them in the classroom or vice versa. I think if you really hone the skill of listening and engaging and being present in the classroom, you'll be that much more effective when you're networking and when you're looking for a job and when you're interviewing. You're basically honing your skills as an an engaged, contributing member of society communicator yes communicator it is about communicating for sure there were some students who were doing other things online shopping watching sports games chatting with others and you know that then you have the students who are if they have the computer open they're just taking notes or they're looking up something that's related that they think is that they want to figure into the conversation and the way they use technology without having being distracted, I think a lot of professors blame technology. They say, oh, having laptops out is the problem. It's not the technology. That's uh, There's this famous quote that goes basically, don't mistake the plate for the food. Like, don't think that technology is the problem. It's just the way you use it. It's the content being used on it. And if technology is used well by a student and they're engaged in class and they're they are really 100% there. Uh, those skills really carry into the rest of their lives. And actually, this brings up an, uh, another thing that I think we could touch on quickly. And it's, you don't need to be taking, for the most part, at least in my experience and research has shown, you don't need to be taking super, super detailed notes. Again, being engaged in conversing in class talk when there's a discussion and but you don't need to be writing out literally every single single thing to, that the professor said or that another student said you don't need full quotes this is not what the whole point is about it's about learning and you you can learn better by being engaged 
and actually like watching and seeing and listening. Yeah, totally. Do you guys have any final thoughts for the audience on this? I think that we covered a lot today on how to really take your MBA, make the most of it. I think we gave some interesting tips. Connect with us on Twitter, Facebook. Join us on SoundCloud and iTunes. We are online on all those communities that you guys so, so love. Um, Please let us know how we did. And always looking forward to your feedback. Thanks. And as always, stay stay crazy. crazy.